Welcome to Shear Jashub, brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing with the in-depth Through the Bible series entitled Heavenly Authority. So let's join my husband, Pastor Greg, as he begins the Sunday Sermon. We thank the Lord this morning for His Holy Scriptures, that we can study them and know His will for our lives. And we continue in our series on heavenly authority. We pick up again with David. We'll continue to examine his life. Last time we saw the young man David brought into King Saul's court as a harpist. Saul, who had been forsaken by God, was tormented by an evil spirit. And when David played the harp, that distressing spirit would depart from Saul, along with the depression and the insanity, and Saul would be well again. And it seems, from what we'll read today, that David would still return then uh, for periods to tend his father's sheep. Remember, at this point, David has been anointed by Samuel. And his household, they know that. And he's been called into the court of Saul, and yet David is still a young man that's being obedient and that's discharging his responsibility and, in a humble way, tending the sheep. Today we come to an account in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that should be very familiar to us all. And as we study it this time, as part of the Heavenly Authority series, we would like to ask ourselves the question, what about David? What makes him a great leader? And from this section, what are the special and unique characteristics needed for leadership, for Christian leadership? David is a multi-dimensional young man here. The last time we saw him as gentle, peaceful, a talented, artistic lad, anointed by the spirit of grace to play this beautiful music. And we have some of that beautiful music, at least the words of it, right in the book of Psalms. Here in chapter 17, we'll see David as the courageous and mighty warrior. And let's look at the battle scene in 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting at verse 1. We read, Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle, and were gathered at Salco. Salco is a city in the lowlands of Judah, approximately 14 miles southwest of Bethlehem. So they're in the area, they're in Judah, in the area of David's home. At Salcau, which belongs to Judah, and they encamped between Salcau and Azekah in Ephesdemon. That's a hard, that's a hard name to say, huh? And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah. Elah is a valley in Judah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side. And Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. So the two forces, the opposing forces, are facing each other 
on either side of this valley. And again we have the Philistines, Israel's continuing enemy, coming in, invading the country, and camping, this time west of Bethlehem. Then verse 4, And the champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Six cubits and a span. So he's a Philistine. He's from that Philistine city. Remember we studied the major Philistine cities of Gath. And he's a giant, the champion of the Philistines, whose height is six cubits in a span. And a cubit, uh, the standard cubit, was the distance from the elbow to the fingertip, which was 18 inches approximately. Now there's a longer cubit, but the standard cubit, which gives us the minimum height that Goliath would be, was 18 inches. And a span is the distance between, when you spread your hand out, the tip of your thumb to your little finger. So that's about nine inches or half a cubit. So if you have him six cubits, that would be six times 18 or 108 inches or nine feet, and a span would be nine inches. So he was at least nine feet, six inches, nine feet, nine inches, if you use the regular or the shorter cubit. If it's the longer cubit, he's even larger. Nine feet, nine and a half feet or more. And obviously he's a remnant of the very tall people that were around in the days of Noah before the flood, some of whom remained after, after the flood and in the time of Moses when they came into the promised land, and still you have a few even down at the time of David. And most likely the height of mankind would have been much larger under the original pristine environmental conditions before the flood. But just like all the animal life, when they find the fossils, they were much larger, have shrunk, mankind also shrunk, because with the new environment, it's hard to, to function the right way. And yet there were still a few around at the time of David, and Goliath is one of them. And you can imagine the imagery of seeing this man nine and a half feet tall, and look how he's dressed. Verse 5, he had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed, or he was clothed with scaled body armor, with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat of mail was 5,000 shekels of bronze. So that would be about 125 pounds of bronze in this mail coating, the scale armor. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. It wasn't thin like a regular spear. It was a, like a beam that a weaver would use to weave. And his iron spearhead, on the spear, the spearhead, the iron, weighed 600 shekels. That's 15 pounds. The spearhead alone was 15 pounds. And we read later on he had a huge sword. And a shield-bearer went before him. So what an impressive sight to see this enormous man fully protected in armor with very aggressive, powerful weapons that comes out against the Israelites. And obviously, this Goliath in the physical is a tremendous image, is a type, is a symbol 
of some of the spiritual demons and the spiritual battles that we as believers have before us. And sometimes how the situation and that which is stacked up against us and the enemy that comes out against us, how Satan attacks us, how he seems overwhelming, unstoppable, not able to be even approached because we're so insignificant and we're so weak compared to this fully equipped champion of evil that is out to stop us. Many times the scriptures of Philistines represent all the bad that's in the world and the flesh and the devil and the methods that they use and how impressive those methods can be, how unstoppable, how impenetrable, how unable we are to stand against this mighty power of evil, how unbeatable Satan looks. And Goliath standing there on this valley in this field saying, challenge me is a type of all that spiritual evil that stands before us many times in our lives. Let's look at the threatening challenge. Verse 8, And he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. So the Philistine Goliath makes the challenge. Why are we lined up like this for battle? Why do you come up for battle? If you want victory, just send out one of your own. Send out one of your guys and let him fight me. And if, if you win, we'll be your servants, we'll be your slaves. But if I win, you'll be our servants. And the craftiness and the mockery of this challenge, because obviously Goliath is so much bigger and so much stronger and so much seemingly more powerful than any of the Israelites. It's a challenge that seems can only be lost by God's people in this hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's a clever attempt to settle the dispute in a way that he knows they can win. And it's easy to make a challenge when you know you can win. And at the same time, what is he doing? He's humiliating them. He's shaming them. He's scaring them. Because now they're not looking at army against army. They're looking at one of their men against this Goliath. And it brings shame that none of them want to challenge him or accept the challenge. And so it depresses the army. It brings fear among the men. And in this clever taunt by Goliath, there's a psychological drama going on here, a way of influencing the enemy to demoralize them. And many times when Satan comes against us, he uses the mind as a battlefield. It's not just the physical things that we actually face, it's all the fear of what we have to face that can bring us down and demoralize us and shame us and make us afraid and ineffective. Let's see how Israel responds in verse 11. When Saul, now remember, courageous Saul, we've seen the feats of Saul, but Saul now has 
the hand of God withdrawn from him. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. The words had the effect Goliath wanted. They became dismayed. And not only that, they became greatly afraid. In verse 12, Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. So we go right from the battlefield, right from the lining up of the troops, the challenge as Goliath would come forth, the shaming and the terror that goes among the Israeli camp, right to David. Because God will have the answer to this problem of Goliath in his anointing of David. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. We hope you have enjoyed today's study and will be listening as Pastor Greg continues this fascinating and important series. It is always a blessing for the church to hear from our listeners. Our address is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. That address again is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Sunday service is held at the Madison Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. May the Lord keep you safe in His blessed hands, as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve Him.